Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Live from Las Vegas, sports talk, hot takes, and all of the bangers. Lindsey Brown and Adrian Hernandez, the playmakers. What is up? What the hell is up with you people? How are we? I am doing spectacular. Spectacular. That's Adrian Hernandez over there. How are you? I'm doing all right. Chilling. Doing all right. You're chilling. Do you have a name? name? I'm Dominic Lavoie. That's me. Nice to meet you. We've uh, met before technically, but I've had uh, the pleasure of sustaining four concussions in my hockey career. And so you never can be too careful about the details that you remember, guys. Exactly. And you're dealing with concussions in your past life. I'm dealing with a boo-boo. As we you, speak. We're all battling adversity our own ways today. You see the blood, right? Yeah, I, I do. I see the carnage. Um, do you need medical assistance? No, I'm just going to keep sucking the blood like a vampire. Well, technically, you do have some antibacterial properties in your saliva. so I shouldn't keep, do that? No, you should do that. That's going to help you Okay, fantastic. Quicker. Very blade yeah, vibes. Yeah, absolutely. We uh, don't need to wash everything down without any germs whatsoever. Sometimes you just have to swallow some dirt and be okay with it, you know? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm thugging, thugging it out per usual. Yeah, right on. Thank you, Dominic, for the inspiration. Today. Yeah. You're welcome. You are truly an inspiration. <laughs> uh, you're in here about once a week right now. We're happy yeah. to have you in the, in the chairs today. We have a very fun program for you all planned today. We have so much hockey stuff to get into. Our can opener is mostly about what we talked about yesterday, which was the preview of the greatest day in American hockey that it has ever seen. Um, not really. Uh, we are going to talk to uh, Tarika Brasby. We had an excellent conversation with her about the WNBA, Adrian. Literally, I, I asked my first question, and I knew within the first three seconds, I'm like, oh, damn, this woman can talk. Yeah, she blew us away, uh, mm-hmm. worked with uh, the New York Times, ESPN, and now – Sideline reporter for the Connecticut Sun, but everything. Yeah, that's brand new, too. Yeah, that decision just happened, but she knows everything about the league. And, uh, you know, we're getting closer and closer to our aces and Becky Hamm and Asia yeah, Wilson. True. So we need to check in and get the latest. We even have, like, a, that Athletes Unlimited League that's in town, too. We yeah. can touch on that because it's not just WNBA. There's diversification happening. And uh, that's what we specialize in here on the Playmakers as well. We're not just sports. We're not just other things. We're all of that in a bag of chips. Uh, and you put them in a pot. Don't put your chips in a pot because then they get soggy. Soggy chips are literally the worst thing of all time. Uh, we're going to be talking spiritual leaders on teams and those who have their fingers on the pulse. Who needs one? Who has one? 
it's just another reason for me to sing the praises of Patrick Beverly, basically. Uh, our second hour of the program, we're making our little switch away from the footiest of footballs into our off-season programming, which is we're just going to figure it out as we go. But we're going to do a sink or swim Thursday where Adrian <laughs> brings a topic, Dominic brings a topic, <laughs> both are elevator pitches, and I choose which one we talk about. And I also reserve the right to say, I'm bored with this topic, we're switching it up. And we're Scary. going from there. I like that. You, I, you know, earlier today, mm. MLB uh, and the, the Players Association, they met. 15 minutes. Yeah, it was just 15 Brief. minutes. So one of us needs to go longer than that, all right? So that, that's our baseline. Yep. Got it. Right on. Uh, we're going to be talking the NHL trade deadline. That is fast approaching us, and we might need to be active people being that the Golden Knights. But maybe not as much as we originally thought. But there are some teams that are starting to figure out exactly who they are. And once they figure out who they are, then we can figure out what we need. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I have left the last segment open because, you know, goodness knows what's going to happen on the program today. Oh, Whenever yeah. Dominic's in here, we just leave room for re- leave room for breathing. You know what I mean? Yeah, we're a very fluid show, so you never yeah. know. Are we going to zig? Are we going to zag? True. So Who many knows? options. True. I'm not a good Zaga fan, but, you know, to each their own. Uh, <laughs> we're going to open up our show with the can opener, can of corn, can of worms, whoop ass. It's kind of an all smorgasbord today. Uh, should we start with the gold medal game or with Eichel's debut? With the hype surrounding this man, Jack Eichel. Eichel it is. Let's do it. So he didn't score any goals last night, guys, and no one else did either, at least on our team. The Golden Knights dropped last night's contest to the Colorado Avalanche 2 to nothing. It was 0-0 pretty much the entire game, a very tightly fought contest, although the stats wouldn't necessarily illustrate that the gold knights were certainly in the passenger seat for most of that game uh, i thought laurent bossois played excellent i thought he was keeping his weight very controlled he had plenty of chances to become untethered but he was just untethered enough dominic where he's able to get pieces of those extreme angle saves that they were trying to set up for Rontanen, for for mckinnon for for uh Landeskog but not enough to get him out of position where he can't get a rebound or he has to, like, scramble to put himself just back together again. And that was really the key for him last night. And I thought Darcy Kemper, who pitched uh, his second straight shutout in the number 35, of course, was fantastic. Yeah, it was just – it was a great goaltending battle. We talked mm-hmm. about that on the nightcap, which you can find on um, Odyssey after this show. This. After this show. You're Don't interrupt this. the show. Um, but A-U-D-A-C-Y. it was just a great goaltending duel there. Mm-hmm. And um, Kemper played amazing. We discussed um, how he can, like, move side to side but immediately, like, kick out a, kick out a leg, so make a save. He's so good at going to the back door from, yeah. like, his, his 45. But the thing is, is that if you don't elevate that puck – it's going to stay out. And mm-hmm. if you're not already practicing that, if that's not one of your core tenements or tenants or whatever, depends on your wealth level, I guess, um, of your game, you're not going to be able to just, like, conjure it up. So they were missing no. a lot of nets as they were like, oh, yeah, we have to shoot high in this point-blank uh, opportunity, bang, bang, where the Knights are usually mm-hmm. used to creating on the rush. Yeah, they're they're almost hitting the wrong net there. So, yes, correct. I mean, it, it happens. I do it sometimes, but – um, going to Laurent Brassois, he played great, and honestly, those two goals that he gave up, I mean, you can point it to uh, the players in front of him because, in my mind, it takes five mistakes before a puck goes into the back of the net. And Kiss ass. There is, <laughs> there is a, a lot of um, random occurrences. Um, Landis Gog, he had a really good chance on the back door. Well, he, he robbed him it. twice before. Yeah. And then um, – Landis Gog finally broke through on the power play early in the third period. And then that Let's second goal, that second goal that Ransonen scored from the same spot, basically, that Landis Gog scored his, 
that was just kind of a random one. Brassois lost his footing and couldn't lunge over because he was on his side, and it, it happens. But he played really good. Um, the Gold Knights didn't play well in front of him. Um, no, no. But- they were they were tra- they were traffic conies out there because they were they were moving, but they were moving at half speed. Yeah. You could tell like when when Colorado was doing like a little give and go da- dish in the Knights' defensive zone, like just willy nilly at will. Mm-hmm. Like it's not exactly your night, no. but that's where you have to have your netminder hold you in that game and end a battle, and you can feed off of each other with that as well. Because like if you make a great save, then I have to make a great save, and you go back and forth. And so it was it was really enjoyable for the twenty two minutes that I was really paying attention <laughs> because I was watching the gold medal game on my phone. But the Avs are certainly a better team than they were last year. I mean, we talked about it yesterday, Adrian, about how Eric Johnson changes the complexion of their defensive corps and just how effective that is. And we know about that top line. They're mm-hmm. just, they're, they're so unbelievably overpowering that even if you bring your best effort that most of the time, it's still not enough. Cause you just, they have bigger pails Yeah, and, and the depth is there for them. That wasn't present for them last year as much. Yeah, and um, I did see a tweet from our good friend Danny Webster at the Las Vegas Sun. Mm, you're just um, hyping up Danny Webster yeah, today. He's my Big guy. day for Danny you, Webster. You, you UNLV me on alumni got to, got to. Um, but he tweeted that that um, second line um, that kind of got jumbled together last night did face that top line for Colorado. What, the, the Carlson, uh, Smith, and Yanmark line? Yeah. They, yeah, they were taking a lunch. Yeah, they didn't generate a single shot attempt th- throughout the entire game, and they gave up 16. So technically, if you think about it, while they didn't do anything what we would usually consider positive, by keeping that game 2 nothing, I think they did their job. Yeah, sort of. No, that's – like, you, yeah. you can play hockey and not – Go yeah. out there with the intention to score goals every time. Sometimes that calls for a different type of resume for the game. Yeah, and that does kind of go back to your point um, about how you can feed off the goaltender because mm-hmm. Brassois did keep him in that game. Those net miners will provide you with untold riches if you just let them, Dominic. Mm-hmm. But it was a uh, it was a great game last night. The Abs are are so spastic when they're stick handling. Like you can tell that the Nathan McKinnon effect is osmosified basically throughout the entire lineup because everybody is on edge. Everybody is extremely intentional. I even wrote down hyper intentionality. It just, it seems like they're not only choosing to stick handle, but they want to stick handle the hardest white possible. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, why are we doing this so intensely? They want to break the ice. It's like with goalies, like why do you have to T push everywhere? It, it, it honestly adds up abuse to your, to your body because you're just expecting it to go <laughs> and cut on those edges and stop so quick versus just like, Looping and swooping. I mean, we talked about European goalie styles a couple weeks ago. That's kind of where uh, the styles diverge in North American versus Euro thinking, how do I get from point A to point B? Is it super urgent or do I just have to make sure I get there and make the save in the way that I know? Mm-hmm. And I, I have a big picture question for you Absolutely. guys. Absolutely. So the, we beat Edmonton for nothing, arguably the biggest, the best win of the season. Like everything was on point. Good win. Yep. Worst loss of the season, 6 nothing. Yep. We Calgary. haven't scored the past two games. I think it's the first time in franchise history we've been shut out back-to-back. Mm-hmm. And I think Jack mm. Eichel coming mm. back yesterday, there was some flashes of brilliance. There was some struggles. Obviously, he hasn't yeah. played in how long. Are fans going to be patient? Because that, that God, I hope the so. theme of patient <laughs> seems they to— They weren't with Leonard. Yeah, but I'm saying like this team and with everything that happened with COVID and injuries mm-hmm. and, and just the switching and the dynamics, you know, we're we're past the all-star break. We're getting closer. Yeah. And I'm just wondering, because right now 
We are not in the division lead. Now we have a 16% chance of winning the division. We still have a 93% chance to make the playoffs, but is, is there going to be patience for fans? Yeah, I think there's more patience doled out for offensive players versus yeah. defensive or goalies because you're naturally bringing more positive energy to your everyday uh, working life versus all you deal with the, with goalies is negativity and sometimes positivity. But I, I think just because of the talent that Eichel is known for, that there will be a, a, a longer waiting period. And with Stone being out of the lineup too, that – gives you a get-out-of-jail-free card in terms of, well, we don't really know what this lineup is going to look like until playoffs start or whenever he comes back, which is the playoffs. And so, uh, but if you're not scoring goals, there's there's no way to, to mince that. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's one thing to be dropping games or by, by large margin. It's another thing to be struggling to the degree. But they're getting chances. They had, they had some point-blank looks last night. They were sailing a few pucks. It's just maybe uh, – bearing down a little bit more and a couple more uh, bounces going your way. It's puck luck sometimes. You get too uh, anticipatory in what you're expected to do or you want to score goals. I think that's what happened to Hannah Brandt last night for Team USA because she had a wide-open look on the back door in the first period. And it was off of, like, a rebound. So it's going into the spray into, like, the quiet area. She has a whole net to look at. And – it's fluttering a little bit, or at least it's on a delay. So she naturally assumes, like, I'm going to smoke this. Like, I need to kind of nurse it into, into the net in a way because it's, it's such an obvious play. And with that, she w- half whiffs it, and it goes to the outside of the net. And that's the best scoring chance that Team USA had in the first period and probably till down the stretch of the third because the games between the prelim Team USA and Canada versus last night in the gold medal game, Two completely different games, same result, almost. Three to two, the final. Team Canada victorious is the gold medalist. Uh, revenge game from their 2018 loss in the shootout. Plenty of scoring up and down that lineup. Natalie Spooner, close personal friend of the program, even opened up scoring before her goal was called back due to offsides. But the United States had 52 shots in prelims last week. And... I don't know what their shot total was for last night, but I would be remiss to think that they infiltrated deeper than inside the face-off dots very often outside of the, the, the third period and parts of the second. So that first period, once you're down 3 nothing, you're already in a tough spot, right? Mm-hmm. And the first goal doesn't bug me. The second one kind of does, and it's not just the nature in which it was scored on, 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 on the United States netminder. Alex Cavallini, who uh, started in her first gold medal game, snuck under her armpit through traffic a little bit, but it was Marie Philippe Puyen. You know who scores goals in big moments? That woman. You know who scored the most goals in gold medal games in the history of anybody that's played hockey ever at that level? Her. She had six. Or she had six. I think it's seven now because she had two last night. And even the third one, it was just kind of a bang bang play, but at that point, it was so slanted towards Team Canada. They were just working everybody around. And the United States couldn't get any sustained pressure. And I'm just like, my God, they miss Brianna Decker. They miss her her scoring touch. But most of all, they miss her personality. They miss her bite. They miss her going into the corners and punching somebody in the face and starting another scrum for, like, the Dream Gap tour on a Tuesday night. Like, literally, that that omission – 
and that injury that they sustained so early in the tournament, I think, made the road so much more difficult. So they didn't have as much in the tank yesterday. And then when you're looking for that magical resuscitation point, there's one faucet that's not available. I, I, I think Alex played all right, and she, I know she played really well in the um, elimination games and that Maddie Rooney didn't play super well against Team Canada last week. And all goalies on that team have been together for the last couple of rotations, so they're all deserving in one way, shape, or form. But Maddie Rooney is a type of goaltender that can change the tide of a game with one save, just the way that she plays. Granted, if she's off, just like any of us, it's not a fun time. But you don't exercise the option to pull the net minder either, which – I can kind of get it's a big spot to do that, but Nick Saban didn't uh, think twice when he put two in at halftime either. And so there's a lot of flack that's being sent towards head coach of the of Team USA, Joel Johnson, and and deployment of, of, of who's getting minutes, who wasn't getting minutes. A lot of the young talent didn't get a, a ton of time, and sometimes inexperience helps create that energy too. But straight up, they ran into a buzzsaw. Like Team Canada, I was, we were walking to this tournament, I was saying, I think USA is more talented. I think I'm like, uh, never mind. It, we it, the switch has happened because I don't always think that just because you win worlds that you're gonna win you're gonna win a, a gold medal or that that success is gonna happen. But they clearly were affected from that shootout loss they had in 2018. Like Natalie Spooner was not gonna allow her probably last Olympics to go out on a sour note. Poulin is not gonna not show up. Like, their stars always show up. And they had so many points from everyone. Everybody had at least one point. And they had someone, they had Sarah freaking Nurse, who's a fourth liner in 2018. They promote her up, and all of a sudden she damn near breaks the record for points. Maybe, I think she did. Yeah, she in, was in a tournament. And, and she was unbelievable. And so, and we're, then, not, we're not even talking about their netminder either. It was just an unbelievable team. And so, for whatever shortcomings the team USA had I, I don't think that they were equipped with the right toolboxes to truly stop that level of uh of high level hockey from team Canada uh team USA last night they had 40 shot attempts um so a little less attempts. than yes a uh, mm. little less than uh 40 the 52 that yeah. they had and international account stats differently so I don't think they keep track of blocks or anything like that or yeah gets, the, gets the box score is super slim yeah uh, yeah <laughs> it's it's rough but, but so I didn't watch much much of the first period but am I wrong in saying like it felt like USA only had five minutes the start of the third period where they were attacking and they had chances mm-hmm. and I know one went off the post other than that well, it's just like, like when was, you see that happen them. and you see that happen to like Hannah Brandt of all people. I mean, every single person out there on the ice knows how to score goals and is one of the best hockey players like that any of us have ever seen. But she's one of those people that can't miss in that moment. And so I'm not saying it's a bad omen when you see that, but whenever it happens early on in the game, oh, we have so much time to make up for it. Don't worry. There's plenty of hockey left to play. True. But this always tends to get earmarked for what if. What if this goes differently? And it's not so much that she didn't score there. It's that it, the game kept going. Kept going. Spooner scores, which is fine. It gets waved off, which is even better. You're like, great, never mind. It's not a one nothing deficit. 35 seconds later, Canada scores again. And that's it. Like, it, it doesn't take that much. Because you had Hannah Brant wide open on the back door, and she missed. 
And then you had a goal called back because of offsides. Like the hockey gods themselves are giving you breaks. And it still can't get done. 35 seconds later, you give one up. It's like going out and giving an unbelievable penalty kill. And then the, within 15 seconds, you give one up right away. Like a really crappy goal after an unbelievable save. Like it's so hard for you to mentally push through that and to like you get angry you want to fight for the pucks but it, it just it changes your intentionality and with that what your energy and you're quicker to to get frustrated you're quicker to give up on plays you're quicker to slash you're quicker to do whatever whether you get called or not it just changes the way that you approach your game and so it just looked like a completely different team last night like Hillary Knight was uh besides her her goal that got scoring going for for team USA in that second period she can't be that unnoticeable, right? And it's tough because a lot of those uh, a lot of those women played in their in their last uh, rotation. But regardless, you're just happy to play. You're happy that it went on at all, and we're happy that we get to witness the greatest rivalry in sports: Team USA, Team Canada. We t- need better jerseys because USA, facts. Can- Canada's. I'm just jerseys. saying we got to pay it for it. Otherwise, the hockey mm-hmm. gods aren't going to do us favors. I'm just saying Canada's That's, jerseys yeah. were too ill. Anyway, straight up, you are so right, hockey expert over there, Adrian. <laughs> Uh, running a little bit long already today. Tis how we do it. We're going to talk to Tarika Brasby on the other side of the break. 1140 The Bet. Sports with Z. Lindsey Brown and Adrian Hernandez. The Playmakers. Exclusively on 1140 The Bet. Hey, it's the Playmakers. Adrian Hernandez alongside Lindsey Brown. And the WNBA free agency madness is continuing. So, we needed to get a WNBA insider, and we have Tarika Foster-Brasby on the line with us. She's worked with The Undefeated, The New York Times, ESPNW, and she was just named the sideline reporter for the upcoming season for the Connecticut Sun. So congratulations. Uh, you can check her out on Twitter at she knows sports plural. She knows sports. Insider calls are brought to you by driveway.com. Looking for a car? Go to driveway.com where you can get pre-qualified, buy a car, and get it delivered. Tarika, we are so excited to have you on the program today because, honestly, I think this is the busiest offseason I've seen in the WNBA, but you have been part of of that tide and at least deeper in it. Would you agree or disagree? I would absolutely agree. First off, thank you guys for having me. I'm excited to be with you guys this afternoon. Um, But, yeah, this free agency was one, um, and and I thought that last year's free agency was pretty much a banger when we saw Candace Parker leave the Sparks to head to the sky. But this year, we definitely saw some moving pieces, um, even from a coaching standpoint. So um, this was definitely a free agency period that I think we're going to remember for a while, and it certainly has me looking forward to the season for sure. You mentioned the the coaching carousel. A quarter of the teams are are under new leadership. And I want to ask you specifically about Sandy uh, Brodello, who is the fourth head coach for the New York Liberty since 2017. Plenty of turnover. Uh, they added championship pedigree in the offseason with the Dolison signing, and they have Sabrina Inescu. Uh, but that talent stable isn't the same thing that she had in Phoenix. So what foundational elements of her system uh, do you anticipate to see in these early days with the Liberty and how much of a challenge will it be to implement them with this roster construction? Yeah, well, I definitely think that Sandy's going to bring an offensive mindset to this group. And one thing I'm really excited to see is how she develops uh, Sabrina Unescu. Um, I say that because I think under the Walt Hopkins system, we expected to see um, a, a, a big difference in her leap from Oregon to, to the, the WNBA. And unfortunately, we didn't really get to see that to the level that we expected to. Now, partly it's because 
you know, number one, she was injured and ended up having to sit out the entire season in 2020. And then this past season, we saw glimpses of what that could be at the beginning of the year. But again, you know, injuries kind of got to her. She had a couple of do not plays. Um, and we never really got to see her fully develop. And I think that played a large role in part of the reasoning of them deciding to move on from Walt Hopkins because he had got such a young roster and there was such an expectation of development that we just didn't get to see. Sandy's able to do that. We've seen how she's been able to work with vets. We've seen how she's been able to put some strong personalities together to come away with teams who have sufficiently um, you know, been caliber, championship caliber type teams um, it can't possibly be easy to coach a, a, a BG and a Diana Tarazi and a Skyler Dickens all together. So, you know, the way that she was able to manage those personalities and build those relationships um, because she's been in the league for such a long time, I think that's going to translate well with such a young roster um, in New York. I love the addition of Stephanie Dawson. I love the deep inside presence that she's going to bring. Um, I love to see that Benajah Laney is going to continue to mature in that offense. So that's what I think is the most um, exciting to, to see and to, to figure out how she's going to bring out the development of these young players to really push this team over the edge. So from New York, I'm going to take it all the way to the left coast. Um, some of the dust has settled. My heart's still a little torn, though, here in Vegas. Um, but with Liz Cambage, uh, first off, what are some of your thoughts on on the infamous tweet about Becky Hammond and her getting paid the million dollars? And then also her fit on the L.A. Sparks and how you feel that's going to help uh, them this upcoming season? You know, I'll tell you what I love about Liz. Liz does not care about what people think about her. And that is just so amazing to have when you um, are a person that's going to be active on social media. When you're a person that's going to be out in the forefront, you've got to have a confidence about you. to Just really be like, you know what, I don't really care. And I love that about her. And it, it is one of the things that made this tweet so ridiculous when it comes to the people who misinterpreted it. Because if you understand Liz and you know how she operates, you know that, you know, she's definitely not coming at someone who worked so extremely hard to put themselves in a position to be a coach, um, to be a pioneer, um, and one of the people who really helped develop this league in Becky Hammond. She was absolutely challenging the status quo when it comes to the players, when it comes to the equity of the players. Um, and I commend her for that. And I think it's just ridiculous that anyone would have misinterpreted that to me more than what it was. It seemed like majority of us who followed her, who followed the sport, who read it, even though she didn't, had a very clear understanding of what she was getting at. You know, the league has Becky's contract is four times the player max salary, you know, and it is wonderful that Mark Davis is the type of owner who wants to, you know, place that value on the WNBA, place that value on the team. He sees the, this league as a marketable league. He sees that, you know, these women deserve to be paid. And so that it's, it's totally understandable, you know, that he would want to invest that much in a coach. People also have to understand that player salaries are bargained through CBAs. There's only so much that Mark Davis is going to do from a salary standpoint because the CBA limits um, what, it, what is or isn't considered the max and how much a player can make. But Liz absolutely was well within her rights to say, hey, if we're going to make allowances for, for coaches to make this kind of money, deservedly so, we need to be putting things in place so that players can make this amount of money. We need to be putting things in place so that players should, are not coming out of pocket to pay for more comfortable travel while we're flying commercial. We need to be making allowances for players to really get what they deserve. And I, I honestly had no problem whatsoever with that tweet. My only problem came with the people who misinterpreted it in order to kind of cause a conflict that wasn't there. 
Tarika, this, so <laughs> Tarika, this is conversation is going so well. If we were dance partners, I'm not sure who would be leading, but you, you mentioned the status quo and the disruption. We, we talk about investing in women, pay women, say her name, all these messages, and more importantly, the inspiring events and people have been spearheaded by the WNBA, and it started way before 2020. Those of us that are paying attention know that. But a couple weeks ago, it was announced that the league secured its first ever capital raise to a tune of $75 million to, quote, be used for brand elevation and marketing, globalization of the WNBA, blah, 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 blah. Health coverage is included, which is gargantuan. But can you scrub off some of the shine of the the legalese here and really tell us how these funds will be distributed? Because like you said, with the CBA, this is this is a different pot that this money is going into, right? Yeah, so that's a very great question that I wish I could even answer in better detail because I know probably about as much as you do when it comes to exactly how these funds are going to be spent. Like, I'm I'm interested myself in seeing exactly how the WNBA plans to distribute this capital in order to build this particular um, – continue to put out this brand um, that, they're, that they're alleging to. I mean, when you think about who some of these investors are, Paul Gasol is one of the investors, Baron Davis, Nike. Nike's already a partner um, in, in, in empowering the WNBA and with a lot of their athletes and sports brand athletes. And so I think it's going to be interesting. Like, for me, it's, you're coming off of your 25th season. You are in a position where the growth of women's sports in terms of people watching, the audience, the, the people wanting to get behind it, you're in an era right now where this is literally the best time. There is no better time. We've seen, you know, the viewership of the WNBA increase over the last couple of years. And with that, having this amount of capital to put behind the continuation of growth in that, it would make sense for the league to look at how they can continue to better market this. How can they continue to put their players in a better light, in a position to where people are getting to know them so that they resonate with an audience. Um, I hate to kind of be the person to like throw this under the bus, but if you are looking at athletes unlimited right now, there are so many things Mm. that can be taken away from how the AU model is putting out their players, um, how the AU model is putting um, social content creators. People have already been there and been around to help grow this league. Those are things that I think the W can take away from that, and only having this amount of money can help with that, help globalize the WNBA. I mean, you guys have got players that are continually playing overseas that are that have a huge name overseas. How are they leveraging that and bringing those particular brand standards and bringing those type of players, the type of notoriety that they have, how are they leveraging that here in the United States? They haven't been, right? And so I just hope that they do take these funds to continue to build on that, to continue to tell the story, to continue to really put some put some capital behind those who have been building this league from the ground up, some of these grassroots media outlets and stations and people who have really been putting some, some legwork behind growing the league. I'd love to see the W continue to build on that and that structure as well as using it to also increase the quality of what they're providing for their players and their athletes and their staff. Absolutely. Competition breeds competence. And so I I think it's good to see that there's other options besides going overseas to really help push the WNBA because 
the the CBA runs through 2027, and and we had Miles mm-hmm. El- Elric on the on the show a couple weeks ago, and we were talking to him about Courtney Vandersloot. And at the time, her negotiations were a lot more contentious with uh, Chicago. She has since re-upped and re-signed. They got Kalia yep. Cooper re-signed and all that, or Copper re-signed and all that too. But her Russian team was basically incentivizing her to sit out, and so I'm worried because when you see that type of uh, investment from the top level and you have a CBA renegotiation that's so far out, you're, you're kind of looking at our economic situation. You're like, oh, this kind of looks the same. And so if, if all of a sudden they have better options and they're not willing to come back to the table to renegotiate, is that something that you think is in the realm of possibility? Because otherwise you could run into a situation where your talent could leave. Well, it certainly is in the realm of possibility, and it's not the first time that we've seen this. I don't know if you remember or not, but a couple of years ago, Russia paid Diana Taurasi to sit out the season, and mm. she did it. <laughs> she did it. She's like, you know what? It's good. I'm going to take this opportunity to rest my body, and I'm still going to be paid for it. So it's not like this is the first time that this has happened. So I don't want to say that the CBA and not being able to negotiate sooner will make someone change their mind about doing that because, again, we've already seen it happen. But it certainly is something that one wants to be considered of. I do think that the addition of adding an additional professional league here in the United States that can give players the opportunity to still make money, to work for a great cause, to continue to stay in shape, and to also still have a break. Um, and I, and that's important. I mean, when you have these mm. women who are continuing to play overseas, they're playing day in, day out. It's one of the reasons that um, in Dufal decided this year she wanted to take some time to give her body a rest. She's been playing nonstop for the last seven years between playing in Spain, her other overseas ob- obligations, and then playing here in the WNBA. It becomes tiring and taxing. And I think another thing that's important to note is, you know, having that, as you mentioned, the competition um, here in the United States, it gives the coaches and it gives the team an opportunity to have their players available at the start of the season. And how many times have we not seen full rosters or we've seen training camp players um, have to fill in on a roster because someone who was key to that particular lineup wasn't available at the time because they were still fulfilling their overseas obligations. So, yeah, there's a lot to be said um, for being able to play here. There's a lot to be said for not being able to negotiate a new CBA to give these people, uh, give these women an opportunity to make more money, give these players an opportunity to uh, to earn a little bit more here. But I think that those will sl- slowly and slightly be changing um, as we continue to move into different optics. I mean, listen, I love Athletes Unlimited, and I love what it's being able to do um, in terms of showing that there can be other alternatives that can be beneficial from a financial standpoint and then also just from an opportunity of being able to play with people that you love. I heard so many people over the last couple of weeks say how much they enjoy the game now. And I don't think that that's shade to the W to say, hey, we don't like playing in the W, but I think that it says something when, you know, you're in a place where you absolutely feel free and, you, and you're enjoying what you're doing in your off season. So It's a grind when you're in season. I'm t- Like, I used to play uh, ho- hockey, and I loved summer off-season training because everybody wasn't taking seriously. It felt like you were playing as a kid, but in season, everything was just so damn serious all the time. It's a grind. And then think about the schedule this year, Lindsay, like, Seriously, there's so it's 36 games this season, which is totally fine. But because there's FIBA basketball in September, the season again kind of reminds you of the of the bubble season, where so many games were so close to each other. Now you're still throwing in the Commissioner's Cup, you're still trying to throw in an All Star game, you still want to throw in um, a couple of, of weeks off, or at least a week off. So there's going to seriously be a grind this season in order to have everything done before FIBA World Play starts. Um, and, and if you're someone coming from overseas, 
that really puts a strain on your body. But what else do you do when majority of your majority of your bread is coming from there? So again, we'll, we'll definitely see. On the line, Tarika Foster Brasby, sideline reporter for the Connecticut Sun. Be sure to follow her on Twitter. She knows sports. And here in Vegas, past two years for the Aces, a loss in the finals. And last year, game five, loss to the Phoenix Mercury with Becky Hammond re-signing Asia Wilson, some of the free agency moves that we've made. Uh, What can we expect for the Aces uh, this upcoming season? Well, you're definitely going to have a lot of room for Asia to work in the paint now that she's not there with Liz, and that's no shade to Liz, but she definitely looks like a kind of a different individual when she is the person that can dominate inside alone. So I'm certainly hoping that Becky will uh, come up with a strategy that, that again, allows her to continue to be that dominant presence. And I love that they recently just signed Kalani Brown to a training camp contract. Kalani is someone who kind of got the shirt end of the stick in her start down in Atlanta, but I think being able to come to a franchise that realistically um, is kind of being like brand new all over again, right? I mean, you've been under the Bill Bitlambeer um, coaching powers over the last couple of years or since they've been um, a, a franchise, honestly, and it's going to be different. Like, what Becky Hammond is going to bring to the team is going to be different. Her coach, coaching style is different, and I think that's going to be good for the team, and I think it's going to be good for Kalani. So it's just seeing how she's going to be able to fit in, and if there's chemistry there to hopefully lock her into a contract is going to be extremely interesting. Um, the loss of Angel McCautry, we didn't really get to see um, a lot of her because of her injury, but I think we saw enough of her to know that that was something that could have, you know, had she been able to play last season, that could have been enough as far as outside shooting. That would have been great to, to give that the Aces that additional push that they needed to bring them into the finals. But I don't see this team slacking on anything. I don't see this as a team that is going to drop off at any rate just because they're under new coaching and have some new pieces. Um, I, I want to see this team continue to get over that hump. This could be the year that they do it. They've got some competition, though. It's not going to be easy when you've got Chicago wanting to run it back. They've got a big three in Phoenix now. Connecticut still a team that you want to look out for. So it certainly won't be easy for Las Vegas, but I do think that they're certainly going to be one of the top four left standing at the end of the year. Trika, last one before we let you go. You mentioned Angel McCautry, and she's headed up to Minnesota for the Lynx, and those are very, very near and dear to my heart. But they haven't been the same since Maya Mora left, and that's okay. She's on to worthier arenas and challenges. But how competitive will Cheryl Reeve get this group, and what issues do you think this roster is better equipped to handle versus the last couple of seasons? Well, you know, the best ability is availability, right? And over the last couple Retweet. of seasons, there's always been that one or two people who – just hasn't been available. Um, losing Ariel Powers was big. Um, there were, you know, some moments losing the Fiza. She's out, you know, I believe, it's, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think she's out of the baby, right? Isn't the Fiza having the baby? So I think she might be out for a better, a good part of the season, but availability is going to be super important. And then also remember, you know, this is Sylvia Fowles' last rodeo. She's retiring this year. So you have to expect that they're going to do their best to make sure that they send their send their girl out uh, on on the highest note absolutely possible. Um, Cheryl Reeve is definitely a coach that you don't want to count out, right? She knows how to get players in the shape. She's getting some great players back. Laser Claridan resigned. She's coming back. How important was it to have Laser on the team? I mean, they were someone who honestly brought a fire off the bench. Um, it's just so much that you can look forward to in Minnesota. And you certainly, again, no matter how they start, they always seem to know how to finish. They've always been a group that has been defensively sound. Cheryl Reeves preaches that. She stays on that. Um, and so I expect them to 
you know, at least finish in the top half of the standings. I honestly don't see Minnesota as a team that's going to make it to the semifinals or finals this year, but I don't think that they'll be at the bottom of the totem pole at all. This is a team that's going to do their best to send Sylvia Fowles out the right way. Angel's going to bring a lot to this team. She's certainly going to bring perimeter shooting. She's certainly going to bring a veteran presence. Um, Cheryl Reed is going to appreciate that. But, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go all in on Minnesota this year. Not this year, but another time. We're building, we're building, we're coming for it. One of these days, one of these years. A fantastic first impression, even better conversation with Tarika Foster Brasby, uh, ESPN senior social specialist, writing for the undefeated ESPN W fan sided, among other things. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you guys. Absolutely. We'll have to have you on uh, closer to the WNBA season and in season as battle lines have been drawn. I'm sure that we'll, we'll all just gather together around our Lindsey Whalen fandom. But insider calls are brought to you by driveway.com. Head to driveway.com today to shop more than 25,000 new and used cars in driveways nationwide inventory. And on the other side of the break, stirring up that pot. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Lindsey Brown and Adrian Hernandez, the Playmakers, exclusively on 1140 The Bet. There's just some stuff that works its way into your brain or under your skin or just stuck around you, near you, whatever. We try to get those vibes going with our, our playlists that are exclusive to the Odyssey app. Built by music fans for music fans. My playlist specifically is called Hype Master Locker Mix. But I'm here to help you run through a brick wall ahead of your party, ahead of your game, <laughs> ahead of your meeting on Zoom that you definitely are super prepared for. Uh, hundreds of exclusive music stations at your disposal on that Aussie app, which is free on the Google Play or Apple App Store. Uh, BetQL has a, has a playlist as well. Apparently, even the sports can have the music. Feeling lucky, we've got you covered with great music to make some money, too. The songs from The Who, The Rolling Stones, Billy Joel, and more. Search for BetQL Hot Streak on the Odyssey app to listen. 
uh, A-U-D. A-U-D-A-C-Y. See, I don't even need to spell it. I'm, I'm, I'm getting the hang of these Look little at these button presses. Chickens. You know I mean? Yeah, you are. We're, we're, we're familiarizing ourselves with uh, ourselves here. And Patrick Beverly is a name that comes up pretty often on this program. It's not because the Minnesota Timberwolves are probably the greatest NBA franchise that's ever existed. But he's the type of guy that gets under your skin, that whose tool set is built from within that spirit. And this guy has managed to help turn around the Minnesota Timberwolves, at least through today. Uh, we're seeing progress. The Clippers, too. Uh, the Clippers, too. We're, whatever about the Clippers. MPG. Whatever. Yep. But – Patrick spent a lot of time playing overseas. He has a very uh, a, a unique road to how his career has ended up. But we know last night that ahead of the game, he received a technical with a member of the Toronto Raptors Gary squad. Trent Gary Trent Jr. Gare Bear. Apparently, you were dipping your hands into the Rosen that was meant specifically for the Timberwolves. So Pat Bev took offense, got in the face. And they were both issued technical fouls. Pat Bev has had six of those. One of them he received in a game that he hasn't played in. So he's on the Udonis Haslam plan. But he's well-behaved. Only six yeah. this season. He's well-behaved. Yep. And uh, this is just a couple of days fresh off of a $13 million extension for one Mr. Patrick Beverly. Very pumped to hear that he will be back in Target Center next year. But it got me thinking about like the other, not just agitators, because agitators are just looking to start stuff. Like, uh, there, there's something to be said about causing chaos for production's sake, right? There's a rallying call and an element to that. Uh, Draymond Green certainly, I think, fits that bill, too. I think he probably talks more S than most, certainly causes more chaos and just lets it all burn down to the ground than most. But ultimately, anybody who knows basketball, or at least that we've talked to, understands that Steph is the, is the car. Clay is, is the wheel. The fuel is Draymond Green. 100%. And so without them, they're just not as efficient. You can still get places, but you're going to burn off a lot more uh, fuel than you had originally intended. Probably put Mark Stone in that book for for the Gold Knights, Max Crosby for the Raiders. Took away all of our super basic options. Who are other names that come to either one of your gentlemen's mind that would fit this description? Hmm. Well, and, and you're talking about, like, the agitator. The agitator, but it's it's less about... Being uh being an a hole and more about being our a hole. We're talking about glue guys. Uh, you got to go Jay Crowder uh, Ooh, for the yeah. Suns with the Heat taking them to the finals. Uh, Ricky Rubio less on the agitator, but mm-hmm. just a glue guy. Um, it's and- weird too because he's not a guy that usually inspires that much from his actual ball performance. But if he, he gets a good pass once, like he's an unbelievable passer and he'll hit a three once in a while. But honestly, I think it's probably in the huddle for him. Yeah, and uh, the one thing I do want to mention with Patrick Beverly, he did get his ass cooked as soon as the game started. Gary Trent hit three straight buckets. Uh, Gary Trent had <laughs> 30 points, the most points in the game. Did the Wolves um, win? No, and, and no discredit to Patrick Beverly. Did the Wolves win? They did. Oh, okay. Oh, good. Yeah, Glad to hear yeah. it. And Glad look, to hear they're it. going to make the playoffs. He's a great player to have on your team uh, as they transition. To win championships and to be on the court, that's a different discussion. You have um, one moment in the sun and all you're passing out <laughs> all of your books on how to be the next best to you. No, I'm just saying, like, Patrick, no, he, listen, I was a fan of the Clippers when he was helping the Clippers before they got Paul George and Kawhi. So he's definitely a solid player. But sometimes he goes a little bit off board, and the difference between him and Draymond is, like, Draymond has more tools in his tool set. So it's kind of more effective where it's not just 
the mouth at times. You know what I'm saying? He can pass a little bit better. He can rebound. He can defend a little bit better. I don't know why the music's not playing because it's supposed to. I can kind of hear to. it. Or maybe I can't hear it. I thought I could. Regardless, we have we'll be back. five seconds, Lindsay. We'll be back on the other side of the break. Sink or swim Thursday. Bring your elevator pitches. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 